1: Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show Wednesday, November 8th edition, and we've got some NBA news to get into as usual. There's always something always something going on in the NBA, but we also are going to get into some cap space projections for next season. Never too early to look ahead to what teams can do some big things this coming summer. And I think it's going to inform some of what we're going to see happen at this year's trade deadline as well. So a lot of stuff to talk about. If you haven't done so yet, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button over on the YouTube channel, pushing for 30,000 subscribers. Help us out there. Hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to turn on notifications and like this video as well. Podcast listeners, we certainly would appreciate a five-star rating and review. You know, Keith, I went back in and read some of the Apple podcast reviews. Always so cool to go through those and get feedback from people on there um i I just i love reading those
2: yeah i do too i was just i just actually pulled a a couple up here and it was uh you know just a lot of you know style a lot of comments of like it's unbelievable being you know that a celtics fan and a lakers fan can can get through this on a daily basis so uh yeah so uh oh there we go we got a little little breaking news coming yeah here. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hit so, the
1: button but you yeah. saw i got so behind the curtain you guys saw <laughs> i got keith got distracted for a second there as he was talking i got distracted got, and the reason why is because both of us whenever news comes out we drop everything we pay attention to it um this is the news that literally just broke as as keith was speaking there uh shams tarania no surprise said as part of the meeting today with general managers, the NBA has discussed the possibility of extending the draft format to two days beginning as soon as 2024 sources tell the athletic, the concept has been increasingly discussed in recent meetings as team executives believe they could better utilize more time for both first and second rounds. So this would, let's think about some of the ramifications of that. Let's say they go to two days and round one is day one, and round two is day two, um, I, which I would imagine is how it would it would work I would out. Hope. I would I would hope. Um, so let's say you do that. Round one is day one. Round two is day is day two. And let's say instead of the right now you have five minutes between picks, let's say you go NFL style, and, and let's say you double it and you do ten minutes between picks. Do you think we see more trades as a result? Because that could be overall a net win for the NBA if we do.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's always possible, right? I think, especially in the second round, you can yeah. see more movement because there's just, just a little bit more time. Second um, round is
1: what, three minutes? Three yeah, minutes, three minutes I believe, between yeah. picks.
2: Uh, you also wouldn't see Nikola Jokic get drafted during a Taco Bell commercial, I, I would hope. That's true. We'd actually get to see every pick. Uh, with that, I would say the thing that becomes. Interesting is, and a lot of people don't know this, and let's just peek behind the curtain. As draft picks are being traded around, a lot of these trades obviously during the draft involve a draft pick. Mm-hmm. So what happens in those situations is um what when they are getting moved, if it's that night's draft, some of those 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 trades are not actually executed until much later. Right. So what ends up happening in those situations was um uh, that they, they come in and it turns into a spot where it is um. How do I phrase this? They teams it's, don't know who actually owns those picks because yeah, it can be
1: difficult to keep track of.
2: Yeah, so the NBA they're just like us in this case. Usually, mm-hmm. what they do, it's usually a front office intern. Sorry, I was getting distracted by a text. Um, the the front office they assign a front office intern to track. All of the draft picks, and basically what they do is they they continually update the draft board. First mm-hmm. round, not so hard, right? They, they, those ones don't fly around quite as much. Second sure. round picks, so sometimes they'll change hands two or three times in the same night. <laughs> yeah. And the, and, and even though these trades aren't official, the NBA doesn't have like a backdoor like website where they track it for all of the teams and say, hey, actually, the 24th pick, the Clippers don't own it now. The Timberwolves do. Uh, that's actually you know was part of this trade because the NBA doesn't recognize it until the trade is official. So the teams have to do it themselves. So the teams do that much like. That's what I spend a chunk of my night doing is, all right, who actually owns the pick and I have it set up. So I know, all right, it's going to say the Clippers are drafting, but that pick mm-hmm. is actually being made for the Timberwolves. And, and I put that off to the side uh, in a spreadsheet. So I know, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. So I think that increases the chances of more madness kind of in the second round as they move around. I think another piece of this could be second round picks draft picks in general but especially second round picks with the advent of the new second round pick exception they could become even more valuable to the teams that are up and over the second apron so the super tax teams as we've Mm -hmm. been calling them because you're so limited in how you can add talent elsewise you you you're you're pretty much limited to minimum contracts and um draft pick signings. That's it. If you're signing guys from outside of the organization. So, so that becomes a whole other level that we could see take on importance that it just doesn't have today. And that, that would be really kind of interesting to see if that is part of this is, Hey, we need a little bit more time because rather than just "Ah, draft a guy, we'll we'll throw him on a two way, or we won't even sign him or whatever there, there could be a sense of, Hey, these picks may be more important than ever.
1: NBA folks. If, if you happen to need anybody to organize those draft picks, I volunteer the <laughs> NBA front office show as, as tribute. Is. we can work we'll something it. out.
2: Yeah. Just, just give us, you know, give us a call here. Um, you don't need to pay us. You can just send us some gear. Like I'm always down for free gear. Like just, you know, to send a hoodie or something like that's good enough.
1: Keith, you are a terrible, terrible negotiator.
2: Come no, on. Not even going to negotiate it. Just Come on. Care. Yeah, man. They, they'll, they'll give an intern that job, and then that intern will put it on a resume, and at, off it'll go. But, at, yeah. At I the mean,
1: very least, I want a link to the NBA front office show on NBA.com. Fair. on True. the website right, right up top, True. I want something sent out on NBA social. Let's yeah. blow this thing up. I think <laughs> if, if they do that, okay. All right. Th- then we'll do it. We need more than just a hoodie.
2: I'm happy with a hoodie, but all right, if you want to drive a hard bargain. <laughs> Uh, oh, I, I should this, apologize this, is why, this is why
1: we need agents this is why <laughs> yeah, we need right? agents <laughs> yeah
2: for real i should apologize too, to anybody you're gonna hear me sniffle and cough and sneeze throughout the course of this show my uh my 45 year streak of getting sick after every time i've taken a plane flight remains intact so mm. I, uh, I i picked up some form of cold uh while, while flying uh either to or from phoenix
1: not not ideal not ideal well plus <laughs> going from the Crazy humid climate of Orlando into the insanely dry climate of yeah. Phoenix and then back, that probably, you know, do, does a job on you as well. Um, but I okay. guess it was a
2: guy who sat next to me and coughed the entire flight from Atlanta to Phoenix, maybe, yeah. but, but, but we'll see.
1: <laughs> Blame him. So if they do this, you know, obviously the ratings will be much better for day one. Sure, it gives them more time to keep track of things. Perhaps it offers more opportunities for trades for teams to get stuff done there. But I don't think this is the the worst idea. Just off off the top of my head, just as we're kind of reacting to this news, I don't think it's a terrible idea for them to do this. But I do wonder how much of a well, I, I would assume the ratings drop significantly when we start the second round, anyway. Yeah. So I don't know how much of like a dud the second round would be in terms of how many people are paying attention to it, but for for the league in terms of get things done and, and being able to actually keep track of everything that's happening. Cause like you said, those second round picks get passed around like crazy. This, this probably would be uh, a, a good thing for them.
2: Yeah. I don't, I, I'm not against the idea. It'd be, you try it, right. It's fine. You um perfectly content to let's see what it looks like let's see how how this plays out over the course of of a you know draft mm-hmm. uh period here if it is two days long no no real issue with, with that if that's uh, what they want to do it's it's fine i be mean, you know i again i'm curious like we just speculated like this could be you know cause this to happen or or not so yeah i'm perfectly fine with it it gives us a chance to catch up maybe maybe what you still get is a like a three hour draft show, but two hours for the first round. And then that second hour or third hour rather becomes, Hey, let's analyze what happened a little bit more because what happens is you step all over the second round. Cause it's constantly on TV going back. Hey, let's talk about, you know, what did, you know, the Oklahoma city thunder with three draft picks actually do in the first round. And, and then you're just kind of skipping over second rounders and all that. But yeah, I think the combination of the second round, far less interest because those guys are either in general, starting at the bottom of a roster or nowadays the back half of the second round on two way contracts. And it's also much later at night, right? Second round's, Quite often, mm-hmm. like ten to midnight, is when it's playing out. So, so I think you know, especially on the East Coast, people are dropping off. But yeah, I, the, the downside is just you know, for people like us, it just compresses that like week between the draft and the start of free agency. It adds one more day of stuff in there um, to do it. But but it's you know that's fine. You know, we can work around that and figure it all out. So right. yeah, I'm not against it. You know, if that's what they want to do.
1: All right, let's jump into some of our news for today. Some of our, our the news we had planned. Uh, Terrence Mann sounds like he's going to play. Uh, Keith, you know, a lot of people trying to make something out of the the Knicks beating the Clippers and saying, "Oh, the Clippers got James Harden, they still can't." This kind of happens when you put when you throw a team together, even if it's a talented team. It yep. takes some time for them to figure things out and and pick up any steam. Like remember the the big three Miami Heat. Took a little while. They weren't they like ten and ten or something for yeah, the something first twenty, like that. something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, it, it just takes time for. So I'm not gonna overreact to that. But but Terrence Mann coming back for the Clippers that's a going to be a positive for them. He's a guy who obviously they fought hard to to hang on to and and I think he will be. Uh, not that he's gonna start, but he will be an important part of their rotation.
2: Yeah, and I mean, we don't know, right, if he is going to start because that was uh, what yep. Ty Lue had said initially was Terrence Mann was going to be a starter this year. He's going to be that fifth starter uh, in there for them. My guess is probably comes off the bench, at least initially, as they build him up and get him fully game ready. And then we'll see if he you know ultimately would be Russell Westbrook's spot that he would take
3: mm-hmm. in the
2: starting five. So that'll be something to watch. I thought it was – I think it was La Murray, uh from the Athletic who covers the Clippers. I think he was the one, too. He also said the Mason Plumlee injury seemed to take a lot, like, a lot of steam out of the team. And we often see that sometimes if a player suffers a really bad injury, the rest of the guys, like, it can be a little hard to focus. And I don't want to take any credit away from the Knicks because they no. played very well. They They defended extremely well in that game. And if you're the Knicks, you probably had a little extra juice, too, right? Like, hey, everybody's. Everybody's tuning in to watch the new look Clippers and right. watch them take us down. Like we're ready to get after it too. So yeah, I I'm not going to make any sweeping generalizations about the Clippers. Let's see, you know, where it goes. I'm very curious to see how they cover for Mason Plumley. Now because they they do have two open roster spots One will go to Josh Primo As we know uh, here eventually You know pretty soon And then they're going to have one other one I do kind of wonder if the Josh Primo thing Maybe that's not happening now Because it it, it didn't happen yet Uh, And there could be any number of reasons It could just be Hey let's save on the tax bill And just do it when we have to do it I believe it's next Wednesday That they have to do that until So that could be part of it here, but you know, I, I think for now it's just going to be a little bit of hey, let's uh, let's see what it looks like. PJ Tucker probably assumes the backup five position behind Avica Zubac, and that's been fine for years anyway. So, just but good that Terrence Mann is back in the lineup, he's a good, uh, helpful, productive player for them, and they, they do have a little bit of rotation depth to rebuild in LA after the hardened trade.
1: All right, Uh another team getting a player back, pretty important player by the way. Bradley Beal has not played yet this season but could uh be back, well been dealing with a back uh injury. He could be back tonight for the Suns. We'll see. If not, he's probably going to return just in time to play my Lakers on Friday. Um Bradley Beal should be back in action and that'll give Phoenix their their big 3. Assuming Devin, Devin Booker's been in and out so if he's able to go but um obviously this is big for Phoenix. If they can finally get him in there, it's, uh, they weren't planning on having him miss so much time here to start the season, but hopefully he's a hundred percent now and, uh, and they can start building some chemistry as a, as a new team.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, for Bradley Beal, the challenge becomes, uh, just getting integrated, right. into we, the health issues are always what they are, right. We know he's gonna be a good bet to miss some games but now it's just getting on the court getting integrated and being out there with the uh rest of the guys and then i think the um the other piece is devin Booker. whatever's going on with this like it seems like it keeps migrating around whatever this injury is that he yeah. is uh um, working through in the uh just yeah i I, don't know who, but I saw a handful of people tweet it, so I don't know who to credit as first, but just call it a lower body injury because there's clearly something going on mm-hmm. in his leg and we don't really know what it is, but that'll be interesting to see how that plays out when you finally get all three of them on the floor. This was the thing we talked about all summer long. This looks awesome on paper when you have all of them, but you yeah. start. You're betting on three guys who have fairly lengthy injury histories, and you're gonna have to, you know, build that in. The Suns did okay building up their depth. Really pretty great considering they were really working with only minimum contracts, but you're pressing guys like Eric Gordon into playing a lot and some other players who ideally they'd probably be 15, 20 minute a night guys that are having to go 25 and 30 minutes right now because these guys are out. So I still continue to say. 50 ish games is probably the max we see all three of these guys on the court together. Um, And then we'll kind of go from there.
1: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. But you know what? They're going to be concerned with the postseason. If they get all three on the court for the playoffs and they have enough, if it's 50 ish games, if that's enough time for them to build the chemistry they need for the postseason, they'll be more than fine with with that trade off. So, yeah. uh, But again, you got to have, there has to be enough overlap with the three of them on the floor for them to have that chemistry, that cohesiveness. Um, for the postseason so far, not a good start. The Bradley Beals missed so many games already. And Devin Booker as well has been missing games. But they all come together. The, they can really take off. All right, let's get to you. Mason, you mentioned Mason Plumlee. Um, He is still out indefinitely at this point. Um, Clippers may not. They may not have certainty exactly just yet until uh, on when he's going to be back. And I wonder what that's gonna mean for them at the backup center position. Is there could there be a move coming there or or do they just try to get by for the time being?
2: Yeah, I forgot we had this as a topic and I yep. stepped on it while we it's were talking right. about Terrence Man. But yeah, it's PJ Tucker for now. And then let's see. So I do wonder they they've got an open roster spot. My guess is they're probably looking a little bit the big man group, is it's not great. Right now, I do kind of wonder if they're like, Man, we maybe should have just kept Philip Petrusev instead of flipping him over to the mm-hmm. to the uh Kings. So so we'll see, but it's a spot you can fill ideally. You know, a guy like Bismack Biombo could have filled it, but he's clearly now off the market. So so we'll see. My guess is that remains a spot they maybe target in free uh, uh trade season when it opens up. If they want to make a deal, maybe they try to go out and get another center because they really once they got Plumley that solidified that position last year. And that's when the team started to have a lot more stability up front because mm-hmm. you essentially Zubach and Plumley, you've got your 40, let's call it 45-ish minutes a night unless you go small to maybe close uh, close out games. And right now the closing out games option, P.J. Tucker probably out there if you want to go probably. small and you're not going against like Jokic or you know, another center like that. So, so we'll, we'll see. But for, for now, yeah, Plumley's going to be out. For a while, it looks like, but uh, mm-hmm. well, we'll see when he eventually works his way back.
1: All right, uh, another injury. <laughs> so many injuries right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan McLaughlin out four weeks with a sprained MCL. Uh, and and remember, I I feel like I might as well just record this and just play it over <laughs> and over again. He's going to be reevaluated in four weeks. Reevaluate doesn't mean return, but um, that's that'll be that'll be an absence here for uh, for the Wolves.
2: Yeah, and, and I'm not laughing obviously at the Jordan McLaughlin part. I'm just laughing at Trevor. This is much more of a Lakers Nation thing where he <laughs> uh gets rightfully picked on still, even on some of our live shows for saying the reevaluate doesn't mean ready to play. Be- uh, because
1: otherwise I get yes. I get a bunch of people going, it said two weeks, it's two been weeks two weeks. Where is the guy? There. Yeah, that's yeah. you know
2: <clears throat> Jordan McLaughlin, though, he's a guy consistently been in and out of the rotation for the Timberwolves uh more out than in so far this season they've been going with shake Milton as more or less the de facto backup point guard that they tend to when Mike Conley's off the floor run a lot of the offense through um uh Anthony Edwards uh more so and then Nikhil Alexander Walker can play backup guards is probably the shakiest uh, spot for the Wolves depth wise right now. If you look at kind of their team, they've they've obviously got bigs. They've got some forwards that they can play with. They're, they the Alexander Walker's the only guy I think I feel super confident in. And mm-hmm. McLaughlin being out only hurts that you know more so. And this is a team that's not <clears throat> super well positioned to take on a lot of money in a trade just because of how wildly expensive their roster is going to be next yeah. season.
1: Yeah, and that and that's something that is well uh, again they they've got a very expensive roster they've got they they're all in on this group. I don't know if you saw Rudy Gobert address the comments that he's still hearing about about the trade and all that and he's like, I didn't make the trade like you yeah. know, he's the <laughs> like, he said people would make comments to him and he's like it wasn't me i didn't I didn't do it, which is funny. Yeah, exactly
2: yeah I mean yeah I if I'm Rudy Gobert, I'm kind of just you know walking through this idea of. Yo, hey, man, I just show up and play. Like they they told me you don't play for Minnesota or for Utah anymore. You play in Minnesota and it is what it is.
1: Um, all right, let's jump over to the Pistons. They're gonna sign Kevin Knox. Sounds like that's gonna be a one year deal. No details just yet, but I'd imagine that's probably gonna be a non-guaranteed deal.
2: Yeah, that would be my guess is is most likely. Now, the Pistons had one open standard roster spot. They have a lot of injuries, so that's probably part of what, what the coverage is here for this. Bogdanovich is still out and going to be out for at least probably another week or two. Alec Burks has been down. Isaiah Livers is out. Monte Morris is out. Uh, Jalen duren has been in and out of the lineup uh, the last week uh, with, with a couple injuries and an illness. Jaden Ivey is dealing with an illness. So you run into a spot where you just start to need, need bodies available. So that's my guess is fill it with a guy. They know a guy who actually played somewhat well for them and get Kevin Knox back out there on the floor.
1: Kevin Knox, um, just never been the same after that summer league run in with Zion Williamson. And that was his first NBA experience. And, and, uh, Oh, Kevin Knox, that was a rough moment, and he's just that an earthquake. Able, there was an earthquake. He's just never things. been able to bounce back <laughs> from it. that. And, and while we, <laughs> while we're on the topic though, Zion Williamson is actually out now. Fortunately, it's not with an injury. Um, it's just due to a it says a personal issue, whatever whatever that is. Obviously, hope hopefully everything is okay. We don't know what the issue is or what's going on. At least I don't know as of this moment. But uh, but Zion Williamson will be out for tonight's game for the Pelicans. And uh, again, sigh of relief that it's not an injury, but hope everything is, is okay.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, you know, it's good in the sense that it's not an injury. And yeah, yeah. To, to your point. Yeah. Let's just hope that it's, it's, it's nothing, uh, you know, nothing serious. That's going to keep them out more than a game. Keith, and I was thinking, I mean, God, you know, they're, they're we'll talk about running into not having enough players and they're in a spot too, where I believe, well, let me double check. They uh-huh. also have an open roster spot. But they're over the uh, luxury tax line, so they really don't want to take on any money if they can avoid it because right. the challenge for them comes in. Then that's more money you need to shed if you want to get under the tax line. And they they are they may be I have to double check this stat. they're at least one of two that have never paid the luxury tax and they may be the only team that has never paid the luxury tax. I don't think this year's team is the team they're going to go into the tax for. But if you were to fill the spot just to have enough bodies, that's more money you need to shed later if you're trying mm-hmm. to you know, duck under the tax line. So that becomes very, very tricky uh, for them to deal with right now. They just kind of you got to get through it here over the next little bit. Obviously, C.J. McCollum, Trey Murphy, those are the two longer term injuries, along with Najee Marshall uh, for the Pelicans.
1: Keith I I wish there was a designation when a player is out for personal reasons there's some way so that it doesn't because when I see personal I automatically and maybe it's just me I automatically think negative I automatically think oh God something bad happened in their family Mm -hmm. or or something like that has happened and then you've got like Derek White who keeps being listed out as personal his child was born.
2: Yeah. Right. Like, so uh, it's know, a good yeah. yeah,
1: it's a good thing. He's having it's a baby. I wish there was a, a way to like designate between the two because yeah. I see a personal up. good
2: personal. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. I
1: see a pop yeah. up on the, on the reports and it's like Derek white out personal or, or whatever. And, yeah. and my initial reaction is negative. And then I got to remind myself, Oh no, wait, he's, he's having a, he's having a <laughs> that's uh, like the best reason to miss a game.
2: Did, did you see Did dipping into the NFL side of the world? Uh, they had their trade deadline, I think a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, It's not like the NBA trade deadline. It never has been, but there was a few trades made and they had, um, one guy and then, you know, they have to do their daily injury reports and like starting on Wednesday, I think it is Mm -hmm. for the weekend games. And they listed out one of the guys who was traded. It was, he did not practice. And the reason was he just got here. I thought that was pretty
1: funny. I wish. Remember when you know that reminds me of the Spurs. Let's you know DNP old yeah, with Tim Duncan. Old. I yep. wish the NBA was a had had a little bit more fun with that kind yeah, of stuff.
2: A little bit of sense of humor on it. Yeah. yeah,
1: because I have a feeling you wouldn't get away with that in the NBA.
2: Yeah, no, and it's. It, it is we do see now it's that different. they do allow teams to list um, especially trade deadline day. You'll see because that's always a weird day. Yeah. Um one of my favorites because you get all these goofy lineups if a team like fully remakes their roster. Um, but I I, I you do occasionally see like uh how trade pending, like right? that's why yeah. they're they're inactive or whatever. But yeah, it is yeah, let, let, let them have a little bit of you know, But good old DMP old, like come on, that's that's just why funny. Not?
1: yeah reason
2: right
1: and 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 you know what as somebody who reads through countless number of these things throughout the season it always it's just it's just a little kind of funny bit in there kind of bright because it it can be it can be dry you're looking through all of these out ankle out you know knee whatever and to see dnp old it's, it's just like oh hey you know something something to look at besides just the standard stuff Okay. Uh, Keith, let's get into your cap space projections here for for next season. Let's talk a little bit about that and which teams should have space right now. Obviously not a super long list of teams here, but uh, this is now when you're doing this, is this, are you, are you looking at? What players are most likely to do, like if there's a player option and you're trying to decide, hey, you're making that decision for them. I believe this player is going to opt in or I believe this player is going to opt out. And that's how you're getting your number or how are you calculating this?
2: Yeah, you're spot on it. So what I do is you start with uh, basically I build out a big spreadsheet and I drop in all the guaranteed salaries because we don't we don't project any trades or waivers um with this unless it's a non-guaranteed player or a player that there is a strong strong indication and that would not be this far out that would be more when we do updates Mm -hmm. to this in you know april may june area um that they're going to wave and stretch a guy to create cap space. So I do that. I go through all of the player and team options. I make a projection on all of them. I go through all the partial and non-guaranteed contracts, make a projection on all of those. I use ESPN's uh, BPI. Uh, For the projected standings uh, at the end of the year to build the draft order and then obviously all the draft pick conditions for who could get Mm. what picks and all that to determine those cap holds and then I put it all in and come out with these are the teams I think are most likely to have cap space this summer.
0: Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need
1: indeed. Sorry, I was I was looking <laughs> I through some so numbers. I, was, into the I was looking through some numbers, <laughs> so I was on a different screen, and suddenly Keith is gone. And I and I go, Oh, did he did he drop out? I click over just in time to see the, the recoiling in sneeze fury. Yeah,
2: this is going to be a good screen cap show for anybody between <laughs> me sneezing and blowing my nose throughout the course of the show. It's my MJ flu game, baby. Here Let's we go.
1: go. Here we go. <laughs>
2: um, so, yes. So that's how I get to the cap space projections for each of these teams. Um, you only see seven here because these are only seven teams I pre- predict will have or project. Um, is a better way of putting it, to have cap space uh, this coming summer. The, right, every yeah. other team I project to be over. Seven's right around in range, but you can see I have some notes on four through seven. Yeah. So really, I'm only projecting three teams that have cap space, and that's twofold. We've seen extensions are the way now Mm in the NBA. More guys extend. And then the way roster movement happens is via trade. Uh, And then we also we've had a compression of the market a little bit where some teams spent money this year uh, that maybe wouldn't have otherwise. To, to make sure they're within the rules and the new CBA and all that. So you've got the push down from the top with the the second apron rules, and then you've got the push up on the bottom. So these are the seven teams um, with this. If there's any you want to talk about individually, I'm happy to, to, to dive in on these. And then if there's any teams you're like, where is, you know, the popular question is, where are the Oklahoma City Thunder? Um, yeah. We could talk about those ones too.
1: Well, I, I guess where I want to start is marketing and uh, renegotiate and extend. And that's something where you'd actually dip into your available cap space to, exactly. to do so. Um, we saw the the Pacers do that last year. And that's something Jordan, that G. I Jazz think... did
2: it last year, too, with Jordan Clarkson.
1: Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I, I thought so The in the Pacers situation last year, they were below the salary floor. And that's part of why right. it made all the sense in the world for that for them to do it, because it was money that was already going to be spent that obviously now that you have to reach the salary floor by the beginning of the season that incentive is sort of taken away how do you see Utah's motivation to do this now you know they're not a below the salary floor team do they still have that that kind of just natural motivation to try to get this done or are they better off just waiting for the summer
2: yeah so just so everybody knows with what Trevor's talking about once you hit the the first day of the regular season, the NBA puts a cap hold on your books if you're under the salary floor, which brings you up to the salary floor. So in the case of the Pacers last year and the Spurs, they were sitting miles and miles under the mm-hmm. salary floor. And then the Spurs took on money in trades. The Pacers, as Trevor mentioned, used up most of their available space to renegotiate and extend. uh uh miles turner this is one of the only forms of renegotiation you can do in the mm-hmm. nba is you use existing cap space to bump a player's contract up and then you add some years on to it so in the case of the pacers they did the last ever in season one of those that i think we'll ever see because now everybody's got to get to that salary floor number before the season starts but in the off season, we saw the Utah Jazz, as I mentioned, did it with Jordan Clarkson. And then the Sacramento Kings did it with DeMontis Sabonis. They used a chunk of uh their cap space this summer to renegotiate and extend Sabonis. And in Sabonis' case, they brought him all the way up to the max and then extended him for the max off of that. Mm-hmm. In Clarkson's case, they brought him basically what it was was like, hey, here's what we want to give you. Like I'm making it up, but like we want to give you. 45 million over the next Three seasons we want to give a bunch Of it to you right now this year because we Can and then we're going to put two lower Numbers on the books for each of the Next two years so the jazz Could go into the summer marketing's about 18 19 million on the Books this coming summer They could use a large chunk of that 36.4 million bring him Up to even all the way up to his max Number and then use the rest of It to do other stuff with it uh, With that I want to touch on Philly too, if I can, real quick. Sure. Cause there's been a lot of stuff out there. I know I talked about it a while back about how Philly could have two max salary slots this summer. That was never a real thing. That was never going to be a thing. Um, as long as they had Embiid and Maxi on the books, they weren't going to be able to get to to enough to have two max salary slots. But there, there's still a lot of people like I thought they were going to be at 50 or 60 million. What I'm projecting here is, and some of it's based off of some things Daryl Morey said recently, is I'm projecting them to keep D'Anthony Melton on the books too, uh-huh. his cap hold, as well as Paul Reed's non-guaranteed contract. They picked up Jaden Springer's option, and they have a draft pick coming. So you factor all that in, that it you know, all eats into their cap space and drops them down into the range I have them here, just under 40 million. And I think what what. Daryl Morey's most recent comment signal too is, he said, I may want to use some of that flexibility early, which means go trade for a guy this year. And then, yeah, hey, we're not going to have 40 million in cap space, right? We're going to go get a guy now right. versus w- waiting and doing it. We like to call that pre-agency. Right. Right. So that's Spend your that's money now. what that is. Exactly. So So I think, think that's just all a sign of Morey's basically saying, hey, there may not be the free agents worth like conserving all of this to go spend it on one dude uh this summer and then have to still fill out 10 roster spots i think he's more saying yeah we kind of we have our little little core of Embiid, maxi reed maybe melton i'm factoring in there and then we move it forward from there so that's that's just kind of where philly's uh projection lands
1: well and i guess that's that this all leads us into you know the the free agent class because you know that's what you can use this money to to do other you can use it to facilitate trades it doesn't just have to be spent on free agent exactly. money. but typically when you see teams hoarding cap space it's because they have a grand design to add one or more players on the free agent market which of course that's become less and less of a thing as you said it's become more about extensions and things of that yep. nature and, and getting it, things done that way so i just want to take a quick peek here over on spot track at the um at the free agent class currently and this is ranked by by dollar amount so this is not like the top free agents of the class this is based on dollar amount of the current contract but you look at this and, and those teams we say yeah there's not that many teams that have cap space there's not a lot of guys that you look at and say teams are going to be climbing over themselves to, to to hand them a full max deal right now And if you
2: actually click on click on where it says player uh-huh and sort it there that should pull it into That's good click it one more time Because it reverse sorts first This will sort it of just showing People like you could sort all of our Spot track data uh-huh. like a lot of different Ways um, one of the things you're not going to See just yet because we're still working Through it is pulling in all of the players With options and all yeah. of those kind of things um, Here so so that'll Please. all Get pulled in here eventually um, Up here so if you if you do, do right. Just uh, yeah do the drop down you're, you're I, on
1: and it. check rfa uh
2: i think you could drop it down and do even more than that okay let me see because
1: um, here's restricted free agents that we add to the mix player option club yeah. option ufa yeah. rfa yep
2: yeah. Yeah. So, or in there should be an all. I think. Oh, all types. I missed it. Yeah. If you do I all types, it. yeah, there we go. There's the better list because now we got like LeBron and Paul George and Kawhi right. and all these guys who have options. But
1: there. we look at these and and we're expecting, you know, it, like exactly extensions. It. We're expecting, yeah. you know, Gobert's extensions not going to decline resigned. that up, You know, all that kind yeah. of stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's funny enough. You have the cursor right next to the first guy who might actually be a real free agent target. Pascal Siakam, uh-huh. right? He, he could be the first real one, I think, or maybe Tobias Harris up above mm-hmm. him potentially too. Because if we're saying Philly's going to clear the deck, so so we're just in a, in a little bit of a different spot uh, with this. I think some of the, I think you might have two years selected too, because like Mitchell and Tatum shouldn't be on there just yet. But but that's fine. We'll we'll you know play, play with all that stuff. But yeah. this is um you know are we're we're, we're this, these pages are all still a work in progress because obviously we're you know roughly. What, We're a ways months, away from I'm, that, you know, eight months away from from this matter. So but not the a great free agent
1: class. Yeah, that's that's really the point is that when we yeah. look and we see that there's not a lot of teams with a lot of free agent dollars, that's also because there's not a lot of players that you'd want to spend those free agent dollars on. Teams can see that when they're looking forward. And so they're saying, well, yeah, I mean, hey, should we give this guy? money going into this year well let's look what's the opportunity cost what's out there in free agency oh there's not much yeah let's go ahead and pay and pay the guy because we're not losing out on much on the free agent market so that's that's a factor in the decision making as well again the nba is becoming more and more extension and trade based that's just kind of the the way things are right now so seeing that it's a a quote-unquote weak free agent class not necessarily a surprise doesn't mean it's going to be an uneventful summer just means it's going to be more trades and things like that, which again has become the way of the NBA Mm -hmm. world.
2: And in a lot of ways, trades are sometimes even more fun because it's guaranteed to impact two teams. Uh Uh-huh. And sometimes even more um, it's guaranteed to impact at least one player, generally multiple players. So you know, sometimes trades are a lot more fun to break down. Free agent signings are of course fun. We'll of course have free agent signings. Sure. Sign in trades will be a bigger deal. I think now because you're going to see some guys go, but it is important. This is where I want to kind of just talk a little bit more about the other side of this, right? We went through the seven teams that could have cap space. Mm-hmm. I project nine teams to be at or above the second apron. So like bumping up against that. So that's roughly a third of the league will be, you know, basically they're not doing much. Like it's going to be pretty limited for what they do. And it's important to remember when we hit next off season, those teams, the restrictions really start coming in hard on them. So the trade rules change. They can only send out 100% of the salary, um, they only bring back 100% of salary that they send out. They can also not aggregate together. So if you send out a 30 million player, you can't then add a 10 million player to it to go get a 40 million player. You can send out one thirty million player and bring back 30 million or less in a trade. You can't, sign anything except your own draft picks, resign your own players or sign players to minimum contracts. So you're just in a spot where those teams are going to be pretty limited in the things they can do. And I'll just rattle off very quickly the list of those teams. It's all the heavy hitters that you expect. The Celtics, the Nuggets, the Warriors, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Grizzlies, the Bucks, the Timberwolves, and the Suns. And you saw different ways of getting there, right? The Celtics, the Suns, They loaded up this summer to go get players. Um, The Lakers got there. They're up against it through re-signing guys. The Lakers could end up well under that if some player option decisions go a different way or guys Mm -hmm. leave town or whatever. They they built in some flexibility um, the way they structured a lot of their contracts uh, with that. But then you have teams like the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. They're new to this kind of, uh, area of living in the nba and it's all through the extensions that they've signed they've 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 locked up a lot of their their own players over the years and then added some salary on top of that so in the wolves case they locked up towns edwards mcdaniels but also added gobert's salary on top of it in the grizzlies case they they extended jackson Morant, bain but then added guys like marcus smart and Steven adams mm-hmm. those aren't Backbreaking contracts by any means But those are 12 million 19 million that starts to add Up and that's how you end up with those teams Dancing around that second apron As, as a super tax team uh, There so so it's it's there if Anybody is really interested and it's like I really I got to know where my team is you know where, where where are the Chicago Bulls You know what does Keith say go look um it's on Spot track. you can find it right on the main page if you just open up Spot track it's the first mm-hmm. article there or you know on my Twitter timeline you can find it uh the article linked as well. Um, and I bring it, I do write about all 30 teams um mm-hmm. and where I project them to be is some will be a non-taxpayer team and those kind of things with all that so that that's that's where all of this is kind of driving out of um but with this and again, I can't preface this enough. Initial, 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 initial. It's November yes. 8th. You know, this just came out today. So so a lot will change and we'll update it. The next big update will be after the trade deadline. Now that's when we do do another big update. Right, teams um, make their that, moves. I don't know if this this is the year all of a sudden everybody makes a million trades on January 1st, we'll update it then. but probably be after the trade deadline. But I'd like to have a baseline going in so that you, if we talk about Philadelphia, we can say, you know, Philly was targeting to have about 40 million in cap space, but now they've traded for player X who makes 35 million and is on, on the books for 40 next year. Now that's why they're not going to have that cap space next year because they're spending right. it now. So you always you don't have a baseline to work out of. And now that's really what this is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So this is just kind of gives you an early idea while understanding that, Things are going to change because that's yeah. the way it works. We in hope for the us NBA. Us a lot. Yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> It'll make things even more exciting. All right, everybody. Well, I think that about wraps things up for today. Again, make sure you do subscribe to the NBA front office show over here on YouTube. Don't forget to follow us on Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts as well. Keith, feel better. <laughs> and, uh, and we'll be back at it again tomorrow. Till then, everybody see ya, and stay safe.
3: It's happening daily. mypatriotsupply.com